0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Book of Rhymes, the podcast where I talk to some of my favorite MCs about their projects. Today we have my homeboy, Sky Zoo. What up, up, man? What's good? Peace, man. So you're you're in town for a minute. Yeah, 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 I'm here. I'm here back home, you know what I mean? So the question I have first off the bat, have you been to Mike's? Absolutely. 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 Was that your first stop? Absolutely. For
1: the people that don't know what Mike's is, give them a little, you know what I'm saying? So Mike's is a, is a diner on the corner of St. James, going off a of decal. Mike's is everything. Um, if you're from my hood, it was Mike's and it was Country House.
0: Country House. You yeah. know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> and if you know you know Biggie, T-Bone Steak, Cheese, Eggs, and Walter's Grape, He was talking about Country House. Yeah. this Country House is open 24 hours. Yeah. So he was talking about Country House. Country House on Fulton Street, a couple blocks away. But if you're from the hood, you know Country House is open 24 hours and it's smooth, but Mike's is better. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I live in my—Mike's raised me. Have you
0: had the T-bone steak at Country House? Nah, because I don't eat beef. Oh shit! Work okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I can't get I can't get a recommendation on that from you. You, know what <laughs> you fuck with Impossible Burgers and shit like that though. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to my peoples at Slutty Vegan. That's my homegirl, Pinky. Yo, Slutty and Vegan is blowing up. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's my homegirl who owns. Oh it. She, shit! Work. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her for real. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yo, but so getting into this, man. Like, all right. So, your rap name is a take on your
1: middle name. Yep. What? Um. But what's? How did you come upon Sky Zoo as the name? So the way it came about. Um, You know, Skyler, everybody knows me, Skyler, that's my middle name, but it might as well be my first name, because that's what everybody calls me except the tax man. Um, So when I was born in the early 80s, there was a disco group out named Sky. Oh shit, Sky, yeah. Yeah, and it was spelled like S-K-Y-Y. They
0: They put out mad shit, I think the lineups
1: would change every now and then or something? Yeah, yeah, and it was all disco, and they had a record called Sky Zoo. And in the beat, there's a kazoo playing. Yeah, And then the hook is like, I want to play, my Sky Zoo, and you know, whatever, whatever. Oh shit, word. Yeah, so my family, like my aunts and my cousins and just extended family, they would call me Sky Zoo when I was a toddler, kind of like as a little nickname, just, yeah. you know, messing around. And it stuck. So as I got older, it was like a family name, like, oh, Sky Zoo, just as a joke. So when I started rhyming, I just ran with it. Because it was already there, it was me, and I knew nobody would have it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It was such a unique name. I knew nobody would have it you know yeah
0: and, and being as a, as a, another person that goes by that middle name do you ever think about if you would have went by your like first name Nah, cause I like, never I never did. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder me. like would I be a different person if I was right, right, like right. William. You know what I'm right. saying? Like my name is William Donald. Like when okay. I when I like in school teachers would, like Carl Rowe, like is William here, I'm like, nah, Don's here. Right, right, right. You know what I'm exactly. Like who would I, I feel like Donald would I mean William would be like a business guy or some shit. Right. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And and you know, girls would be like, you don't look like a Gregory. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. You look like a Skyler. Like, girls, why like, You look like a Skyler. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've been Skyler my whole life. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's wild thinking of you
0: as a Gregory. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this- <laughs> it's very much so.
1: Very much so. Yeah.
0: Weird. That shit's weird. Names are weird. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, so boom. But yeah, you started rapping at nine after you hearing after hearing Chi Ali. What what yep. type
1: of stuff were you rapping about at nine years old? Uh, I used to look out the window. I used to look out the window and whatever was going on. You know, I lived on the 18th floor. Um, in Ebbets before I moved to the star. I was born in Crown Heights and then I moved to the Star when I was 10. So um, I used to look out the window from the 18th floor in Ebbets and whatever I saw, I would write about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I used to be able to overlook the park, basketball court, and all that and whatever was going on. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah. And I used to always, the, the biggest thing I used to rhyme about and you as, as an MC, you, you probably did the same thing when you was a kid. I used to just rhyme about breaking the mic in a million pieces <laughs> that was every rhyme and gripping the microphone so yeah. tight the mic so tight and breaking pieces like that was every rhyme in the early 90s you know yeah. what i mean breaking the mic in a million pieces so when i was nine that's what i was rhyming about so i wanted to ask what
0: made you decide to take it seriously but it sounds like at nine one. you just kind of knew one
1: i was in the crib it was a saturday video music box ralph mcdaniels Chi Ali, AJ, nothing but a number, new joint, whatever, whatever. And I, I saw it, and I was done. So I was like, "Yo, this is it. This is what I want to do." And I remember telling my moms, and I've talked about it in my music. I remember telling my moms, I said I want to be a rapper and Spider Man, because I was nine years old. I was so young. Spider Man was the shit. Yeah, my nigga. Yeah. I was, I was like, "Yo, I want to be a rapper during the day and Spider Man at night." <laughs> and my moms was so cool. She was like, "Go for it." She ain't telling oh, me wow. Santa Claus wasn't real. She was like, "Yeah, do it." Go for it. So kind of support me, like, about the gate from the jump. 100%. Wow, that's that's crazy.
0: Because, you know, sometimes, like, well, it's not not really so much as children, but when we get to that age where it's like, okay, you got It's time to be accountable and, like, earn a living and, like, yeah. find your way in the world. They I, don't really support you. In I that. dealt
1: with that, too, um, with my pops. Shout out to my pops. My pop, me and my pops are super close. It's really like some Trey Styles, Furious Styles that's type dope. shit with me and my pops. But my pops, being the Furious Styles type of individual, He definitely tried to steer me away at first yeah. because as a dad, he wanted what was best for me. And he was like, yo, this is potential money. You go to school, be a doctor, be a lawyer, do whatever, that's guaranteed money. And my pop was in the street, you know what I mean? Like my pops was Flatbush running around going crazy. You say G up in Flatbush and that OG, G G from K-Nap? That's my pop, everybody know. My pops was running around crazy. So he wanted the opposite. So he was like... I want guaranteed money for you, so you don't gotta run around the way I did. You know what I mean? So like, he was he was with it, but he wasn't. And it wasn't until I was like 15, and I had reps from Bad Boy calling my crib. And this is before having a cell phone or, oh, wow. or a gram where you could DM me, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you had to call my house. So when I met heads from Bad Boy at 15, 10th grade, I gave them my house number, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they calling my crib, Yo, this is so and so from Bad Boy Records. My father was like, What? And then my pops was like, Yo, this is for real. (laughs) And I was like, I told you, this this is, yeah, like, this is for real. And now he's my biggest fan in the world. Yeah, that's dope,
0: man. Because, like, uh, again, like, a lot of times it took me a while to even, like, tell my parents I wanted to pursue music professionally. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I did, they were just kind of like,
1: Okay. Right, right. You know right. Was, yeah. It
0: was that hesitant, whatever makes you happy, but we really don't want you to do this. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Because they're only looking out for your best interest. And now that I got a seed, you know, that I got a son, I think about it in the same way. You know what I mean? Um, he only I, I don't hold it against him. He only wanted what yeah. was best for me. He didn't want me to struggle. Yeah. You know, and, and as a parent, you don't want your kid to have a struggle. You know? So yeah, exactly. I respect the MO behind it. And uh, you spent some time in Queens as a kid, right? Yep. So my pops moved to Southside, Jamaica, Queens when I was in high school. Yeah. So I used to bounce back and forth between Brooklyn and Queens. Every weekend I had a duffel bag because I had to go to my other parents' house for the weekend and whatever, whatever. So, yeah, I, w- I was in Southside as well. So well, Pardon me. Southside is like my second home. You know what I mean? Mad love out there. You know, Merrick, Linden, all that. Those is all my peoples. That's like my second home.
0: What impact would you say that they had upon like had on you as an MC development? Like, or just as a musician, as a person? You know what I'm saying? Being in Queens. Yeah. Because um, like for me anyway, I always yeah. thought I think of you as Brooklyn. When I think when I think of who I think Brooklyn, that's that's my everybody frame of in South Side think of me as Brooklyn. Yeah. You know okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But so like learning that you spent substantial time out there was just yeah. like you know I've talked to a bunch of cats from Queens, like Queens rappers, Queens MCs, and just Queens mm-hmm. producers and shit, and people from Queens, like. There's a different rhythm and different pace to everybody yeah. and different different boroughs, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So what would,
1: what would you say, like, impact-wise? I think Queens, if you do the math, Queens put out more MCs. Yeah. I'm not going to say better because I'm from Brooklyn, but more MCs, absolutely, a because there's more of a focus. A lot of people in Queens grew up in a the house. They had both their parents. I had both my parents my whole life. They just ain't living the same house. Yeah, In Queens... Both parents usually live in the same house. Your mother's a nurse. Your father's a mailman. or And that don't mean it can't get gritty. That don't mean it ain't going down. Baisley, 40 Ps, all that. 109, shout to all that. I know all of them out there. Those are my peoples. It don't mean it don't get greasy out there, but you know there was a little more structure in Queens. Yeah. So you had more productivity. In Brooklyn, it was just wild. You know what I mean? Queens, it was more structure at the crib and on the block, and you saw black folk doing well in Southside, you know? You had the hood, of course, but then you had everybody own their house. Even when it was going down, 134 and all that, everybody owned their house. You ain't had that in Brooklyn. Nobody yeah. owned the brownstone. You ain't owned no floor and no projects, you know what I mean? So that was the difference, being able to see okay. both sides of that. I'd be in Brooklyn and I'd be in Queens. I'd go back and forth, back and forth, you know? And then I always liken it to... Um, and house party when kid and play was talking and he was like, Who you want, Sydney or Sharrain? And he was like, Sydney, Sydney's the one. She got a house, basement, <laughs> sofa bed, pal, you in there. That was so real. Like that was Queens. Queens, every crib at a basement, sofa bed, pal, you in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like it just showed the way families and structures and homes was built. None of that was happening in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So so Brooklyn's kind of been like Brooklyn is for a while. Absolutely. I mean, Gentrification aside, before all that, right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. absolutely. So shout the South Side—that's my second home.
0: So coming up, were you like in a rap crew, like with your other friends? Or were you like the—you the sole
1: person that was just aspiring to be an MC? So a... when I was super young, like in school and all that, you like know, high school, um, shit. yeah, 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 like junior high, high school. It was just me. Um, as I got older, like towards the end of high school and all that, being in Queens, I actually hooked up uh, with a crew. People know if if you really know. The scene and the culture, you know the Grits. So the Grits crew, it yeah. was myself, Stack Bundles, uh, my man Shannon Hoodlum, Domination, Marty Moore Superstar, Valentino, uh, my man Tay, Nino Brown, you know, it was, it was like seven of us. And um, we was running around. So I came up with Stack. Stack was my man, yeah. you know what I mean? That's so why I mentioned him on certain records and shit. Stack was my man, you know what I mean? So when we was like 17, 18, we all started running around. And it was a crew. We was the grits, the greatest rappers in the streets. And we used to be on Jamaica Ave just tearing everybody apart. Oh word. It was seven of us. And everybody was nice. Yeah. You wasn't coming out of that alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you wasn't. Like you had me, and you had Stack, and you had Neen, you had Marty, you had Tino, you had Damo, you had Hood. And it was you wasn't coming out of that alive. We used to just be on Jamaica Ave tearing people up. You know what I mean? So But So yeah. so, so that was that was kind of, you know, like my my first crew per se. You know, and and Life happens, things happen, everybody yeah. drifts, do certain things, you know, stack got with clue and then that turned into Jimmy and all that other stuff. I started doing my thing, fucking with ninth and th- everybody started doing certain things. The streets hit a couple heads or whatever, but everybody's alright. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and and it's still regardless of whatever, you know, it's still fam and, and you know, I was my first kind of crew, you know, was the grits. Yeah. So
0: in other in other genres of music, how did you Become such a huge jazz
1: fan. Like you like yeah. your
0: Instagram is basically like a, a jazz record catalog. Um, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> when you post
1: music, it's jazz. If yeah, it's not yeah. yours, you know? Um my pops and Spike Lee. Oh, word. You okay. Know, so yeah. for me, my pops used to always play jazz. Even though he was running around the street when he got older, he kinda, you know, he grew up. Um so he would, you know, we'd be driving around and this is when it was only hot ninety seven, as far as okay. You know, it's mid-90s, only hot ninety seven, that was it. And we'd be driving around he, he he have on CD 101.9, and I changed it to 97. We go back and forth, he be like, yo, stop touching the radio, you know? What I, mean? <laughs> like, you know I used to tell him, yo, this music is stupid. They don't even got no words. Because I was always lyrics. I was always penmanship. I was always I was advanced placement English my whole life. I was always lyrics and what you saying. So I used to be like, yo, this jazz is stupid, man. Like, ain't even no words in it. And he used to be like, all right, one day, it's stupid music. You're going to fall in love with this yeah. stupid music. And man, I fell in love with it. It, it My pops started it, and then um, Spike Lee, Mo' Better Blues, which is one of my favorite movies ever. I saw it as a kid, but then as I got older, seeing it in like college, seeing it again, fell in love with it, and that was it. And now, I got more jazz than my pops could ever even imagine. He's quick to be like, yo, you know this record? And i look at him like, really? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got so, my crib, I got so much jazz vinyl in my crib. like. It's disgusting. So seeing you, if
0: I see you at a record store, you're probably buying the jazz record. I'm 100 yeah, yeah. buying jazz record. And I, I I know that Miles Davis is your is like your favorite
1: 100 like it's one of I your favorite people. After, in yeah, yeah. Like what what is it about Miles Davis? The epitome of it, man. I mean, the dude who inventing himself and reinventing himself and re reinventing himself. It just kept going, and his catalog is, is damn near flawless. You yeah, know what I mean, like what he was able to do, it just speaks to me a certain way. But you got him and you got Train and you got Wayne Shorter. You got Lee Morgan, who is amazing. Um, you know, you got Donald Byrd. You got Lou Donaldson. You got Nina. You got, it just, it's so much, man. You know uh, I, mean? hope, I hope, I hope guys are taking all notes right now. <laughs> I, yo, listen, if you need jazz yeah. tips, hit me. I've had rapper friends hit me like, yo, Scott, can you make me a jazz playlist? I got a girl coming over. I want to impress her. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah. all right, give me 20 minutes. I got you. you know I might mean? need a
0: playlist just to have one. You know what got I'm saying? You. Just because like jazz, so as a, as a genre, jazz is one of those things like it can be kind of intimidating, especially if you don't understand like right. Understand, like, like playing an instrument in music, like music in that respect. But yeah. it's one of those things where once it clicks, it, it takes you somewhere else. And that's what
1: happened with you know me. What because what, the, the beauty of it is telling a story without a word. It's yeah. like, how do you do that? Yep. How do you tell a story without a word? Without even saying "yo, check it out," right? So this is what happened. So we was over here, and then so and so came around the corner, and then boom, take all that away. How do you tell the same story? How do you conjure up that emotion? It's incredible. Yeah, like they paint, they paint, they paint pictures with emotion. Like, like you just you feel yeah. what's going
0: on. Like, and, yeah. And as a lyricist, you as a lyricist, you kind of do that in this way. To like, I always think about if I didn't understand the English language and I heard mm-hmm. somebody speaking it, like. Like would I be able to pick up on what was happening in the conversation? Yeah. Like in terms of what you do lyrically, like it's almost like a every time it's like a like a jazz soloist. You
1: know what I'm saying? Man, thank you. Like man. you That's float real. On shit. You That's know what real. I'm thank you, man. Because you got to think too when when you go overseas, and I, I know you've been over there with, with all your travels. When you go overseas, a lot of them may yeah. not know the language, but they connect. Yep. And they they adapt and they they get to it. You right? And and it's like, Dad, you you barely know the language. I remember being in China. On tour, and dudes was wearing Yankee hats and holding them up in the air for me. <laughs> Yo, see, see, I get it, and yeah. barely spoke the language, you know. So it just shows the connection, like right. you were saying, and that's real, regardless of the barrier, you know. Yeah. All
0: right. Speaking of sports, since you said Yankee hats, I know you're a huge Knicks fan. Yeah. Huge Knicks fan. For better and worse. Like, <laughs> as a dude who doesn't watch sports that much, explain really? the, I don't. I'm not that big on sports. I mean, I'm from Cincinnati. We had the Bengals.
1: Y'all got the Reds? We got the reds. Yeah. yeah,
0: but baseball was always boring to me. I didn't understand okay. what was happening. Okay, Bengals were always they always sucked. <laughs> Not always. So you ain't had no reason. I ain't have a reason. You right. know what I'm saying? We didn't have basketball. I was a I was a Bulls fan. Right when Jordan like was coming. Everybody, yeah. yeah. But like, so explain to me and explain to a person who doesn't really check for sports what it's like being a Knicks fan.
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's um, it. Loyalty, dedication, commitment, heartache. Faith. Yeah. All of those things. Um, you know, and I love it. You know, for me sports is a great escape. Like I can sit there and do sports all day. My TV lives on ESPN. My TV lives on ESPN and Daniel Tiger. You know what I mean? So um, you know, it lives on ESPN. I'm watching and reading and debating all day, every day with sports. Uh it's it's a great escape. You get to get through other things and leave certain things alone and just get to a world where you can just exist and be as far as a fan. Yeah. And being a Knicks fan, I mean, it's faith, man. It's faith and hope. I was born a Knicks fan. My pops was a Knicks fan. He was alive when the championships was happening. I was born into it. My son is born into it. He got Knicks gear. (laughs) I ain't hearing nothing about nothing else in the crib. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Until Dolan do something to me, like Donald Sterling or something, <laughs> we Knicks fans. That day happened and it's over. But it's, a, it's a culture. It's a lifestyle. It's yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, you see my colors today. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So your, your love of the sport and your love of basketball, I know you did you did a bit of rap coaching. Yes. And as for, uh, the film Patty, Patty Cakes. Cakes yep. Yeah. Like what sort of coaching tactics did you implement to uh, like show her how to rap?
1: Because she was like – She had never rapped before, right? Right. She had never rhymed in her life. Um, She was hip to popular rap, you know, what's going on, Nicki Drake, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, So she had never rhymed. And and the director said, I need her to be an awesome MC because the goal of the movie is she's overweight, she's a female, she's white, but she's nice. But nobody wants to give her a chance. Almost like an eight mile. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that was the feel of the movie. But she's got to be nice. And I had two weeks to do it. I had two weeks before they started filming her rhyme scenes. All the other stuff was done, so the scenes with her rhyming and performing was two weeks away. It was like, yo, we got two weeks, and she got she got to be believable. Cause when you home watching, or if you're in the theater watching, it's like, oh, that's why nobody want to put her on. She's trash. Right. Nah, yo, they should. You in the movie theater, like, yo, they should put her on, cause she's so nice. I had two weeks to do that. So what I did, I had a rhyming. Um, a lot of pun stuff. I pulled up a lot of pun. That's tough, man. Because of <laughs> how I, rapid it was. Yeah. If you could get that, then you could do it. It's like if you could dribble behind your back and through your legs, then you could dribble with the right and then switch to the left. You know yeah. what I mean? So I had a dead in the middle, a little, 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 that we know every little, the middle man. Like I had her doing that. Um, we watched a lot of battles, but I had her watching female battles. Okay. I had her watching Queen of the Ring and all that because I wanted her. It's easy. It's one thing to see a bunch of dudes, Math Hoffa and Sirius and Mook and all of them going at it as a dudes. So you're going to interpret it a certain way as a female. I wanted her to see females give that aggression yeah, and anger and intensity. It's nothing to see a dude do that because it's expected. But I wanted her to see females do it. So I specifically went to like Queen of the Ring on YouTube. I was like, yo, watch this, watch this, watch this. And then, you know, I, we was in the booth and she was recording and I was giving her like flow so I tap on her shoulder. I stand behind her and tap on the shoulder. Oh, she should just tap beat. out like the cadence? Right. Like, boom, oh, wow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I would tap kind of lazy to have her out of the pocket, but still in the pocket. And that's a tip for aspiring rappers out there, kind of being out of the pocket, but in it. Yep. And um, little things like that. And she was awesome, man. Shout out to Danielle McDonald. She was awesome, you know, and uh she killed it. Everyone who saw the movie thought she really rapped. Yeah, and that like, was my job. I remember when I saw
0: the, like, just the ads and, like, the marketing for the film. Yeah. And I saw your name attached to it. I was like, oh, shit. Right. Like, it, that made me want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Thank but you. mainly Thank because, you. like, it's just, like, you're, you're the homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thank I like supporting my friends. And, like, Appreciate when I see my yeah. friends doing cool shit. Yeah. So that that shit blew my mind. And it's one of those Appreciate things it. that, like, it's fun to shine the spotlight on stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? yeah, Because yeah, yeah. people know you as... Just skies who the lyricists, but they don't know that you do a lot of There's work behind, other the scene. Going on, yeah. yeah. Like like even like your ghostwriting work. Right. And I mean like songwriting. Yeah. Ghostwriting, songwriting, whatever oh, however right. you want to call it. Yeah. Like in terms of that, how did how did you end up writing for artists? You
1: know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. did like how did the path, what was the call or what was the journey that led you to that point? So not to pat myself on the back, but I always, you know, me knowing what I do with the pen, like I know what I do, I know where i'm at i know my capabilities and my levels and all that so i always knew i could ghostwrite for people yeah there's some people out here that's not nice and i'm nice (laughs) i can help them yeah that's how i looked at it i can help them out so um i want to say 2013 early 2014 i was trying to get in trying to get in and i made the mistake of being an aspiring ghostwriter asking current ghost writers to help ah, me get in. Yeah, you that wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. Because I'm taking food off they plate.
0: They're not gonna give up their food. So yeah. I'm
1: I'm kicking it with other ghost writers and I'm not gonna name name, but I'm kicking it with other ghostwriters and I'm like, yo, yo, when you got a session, let me know what's up, I'll swing by. And they're like, Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> and the phone dry. You know yeah. what I mean? The phone stayed dry. And I thought about it, I was like, Yeah, they're not gonna do that because one thing about ghost writers, not all, a lot of ghost writers were aspiring artists and it didn't work. Yep. They didn't have the look. They didn't have the voice. They didn't have whatever. They wanted to be on top of the world. Artists, MCs, selling records. But something was missing. They had the pen, but they They look weird, or they flow weird, or they voice weird, or whatever it was. So they ghost, start ghostwriting. Meanwhile, I'm a dude who can ghostwrite, but I'm an artist. I'm right. doing tours. I'm all over the world. I'm selling records. I'm on TV. I'm, doing, I'm sitting with people like you. I'm doing all these different things. So essentially, I'm kind of where they wanted to be, but couldn't get. Yeah. Why would they let me get a little bit of food off their plate? So, long story longer, that wasn't gonna work. So it was my brother Ilmin
0: who oh, actually yeah. threw the
1: alley. Shout out to Elman Absolutely, that's my brother. Hundred percent. Yeah. That he's never told me no. Y'all have such a long, long working history. You yeah. know what I'm saying like so it, it, does, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's the, the he was the person. That man has I mean? never told me no. Yeah. No matter what I've asked, and vice versa. That's my brother. So. Measy, I call him Measy. Measy through the alley. He was working with some people out of state and he called me from there and was like, "Bro, this is it. I think I can loop you in with this." And so was, he knew you were aspiring. He knew Yeah, he, okay, yeah, 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 of course, he yeah. Did. And um I was like, "Word." He was like, "Yo, let me figure this out." And when he came home, he was like, "Yo, I'm going back out there next month. Yo, if you get a ticket, we can go." I said, "Done deal. I'm booking the ticket. Book the ticket. We split a room, went to the spot. And that was it. I'm in there because he making beats. I'm writing to said beats and recording references. And they just it's assembly line. They just going out the door. And it's like, yo, who that? Oh, that's you? Oh, word. And it just started rolling. Yeah. And then other artists was coming in sessions. And hearing the references I did, yo, yo, give me your number. Give me your number. Yo, I need that. And it was on. You know what I mean? And yeah. then it just started flying. And before I knew it, it was numbers from people I didn't know, like, hey, so I got your number from so and so and I'm working with so and so and they got a deadline, but can we get you to come? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So you know what I mean? at that at
0: that phase of like ghostwriting, songwriting, you how much of yourself were you putting on the songs where like like I guess I'm wondering what your thought process was? Cause you entered that thing as a fully formed artist. You weren't an aspiring right. anything. You right. were sky zoo in the door. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, did you like kind of like Half-measure, like what you were doing in terms of, when I say half-measure, I mean like how much of yourself did you put in those songs and those references and those demos or was it just like you were just giving 100% you and like the people that fuck with it fucked with it?
1: far as you tailor it? like
0: Because you got to tailor it for people. Right, that's where I was
1: going. So for me personally as a ghostwriter, it's a suit. You go to the tailor, you tailor me suit. It only fits you. Uh, If your left arm a little longer than your right, whatever, all that is going to reflect. A lot of times, like being that I'm in it, I know who write and who don't. Yeah. And I can hear when so and so write for so and so. I was
0: just gonna 100%. say, 100%. Like,
1: that shit is so much fun to me. 100%. It's so I much fun like, to me, yeah. Oh, so and so wrote that verse. Yep. Not because I, I knew it from the intel, because I could hear it. Yeah. With my shit, you can never tell who I write for. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, for me. Exactly. That's the way it's supposed to be. Because if I could tell so and so wrote that for. Artist A Yeah Then that verse Could have went to anybody Like the you most the I mean? most
0: Egregious example of that Is when uh, Farrell Mont wrote that thing For Diddy And it's just like Nigga this is just <laughs> Like I know what you know what I'm talking about <laughs> Right 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 Shout <laughs> was, to my bro Farrell Yeah Farrell's a homie I yeah. don't know Diddy But he's probably a cool nigga Too you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah, But like, yeah. it's, like that was just One of those moments Where I'm like Come on, man. Right, right, but, right. Like it's 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 better when you can't tell when like somebody right. makes it specifically
1: for the person right. they're writing for. It. So what I do, and I was talking to somebody about I was actually talking to Vibe Magazine earlier about this. What I do, let's say I'm not gonna say you because you write. So I don't want people yeah. to think whatever. Let's say artist A. Um, artist A calls me, you I want to bring you in, boom, boom, wanna get some records. The first thing I'm doing, I'm on Wikipedia. I'm looking up who they are, what they about. Then I'm sitting with them or I'm on the phone with them, or whatever it is, and I'm kind of interviewing them. Yo, where you from? Yo, give me your blocks. Yeah. Like, street (laughs) names. Give me your peoples, your homies. Give me your mom's name. All these different types of things that only you and people close to you would know, so that when this record comes out, no one is going to question that you wrote it. Because it's like, yo, he talking about such and such block on this street, and da 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 da, and he talking about this and that, and he owns this, and his kid was born on this date, and yo, he had to have written it. That's the that's the goal, you know yeah. what I mean? So I really dig into who they are. It's almost like a tailor measuring you, instead of just buying a suit off the rack, measuring you like, okay, forty two long, blah blah blah, and then it works, you know? And, that, and that's the way I approach it.
0: Yeah, because you have such a such a distinct and unique style and flow that. I guess in my mind, it it. Do you listen to uh, current stuff to stay on trend in terms of like when you're writing for people? I do. I do. Yeah.
1: Even if it's stuff I don't like. Yeah. You You can appreciate it. Yeah, I try to to stay abreast because I can't know. I can't not know what's going on, and then get called to work for somebody, and they want something similar to what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, I didn't even know that was hot. You know what I mean? I didn't even know that was the new way. What's the new word the kids are saying? I'm out of work at that point. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So I gotta, I gotta listen to some of this stuff that's going on once in a while, just to stay in the mix. You know? If if
0: you weren't in the mix and if you weren't writing, would you listen to? Would you still listen to current shit or would you kind of be like?
1: Oh, in a If bubble. I liked it, if yeah. I liked it, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm I I listen to what I like. Yeah. You know, um, and the, and the if internet. I don't, I don't.
0: The internet provides us the opportunity to just cancel out anything we don't want to hear at this point. Right, absolutely. You can can be stuck in a 90s rabbit hole, you can listen to jazz
1: all day, you can play gospel, whatever the fuck you want to hear. And it's so much music, so much new music. People ask me all the time, yo, what you listening to? Who you like that's new? And I be like, I don't know, because (laughs) there's so much, there's so many options, Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? I tell people if the internet is a pie, the internet, literally, everything that exists on the internet, if it's a pie, like 80% of it is uploaded music. 20% is everything else that exists on the internet. (laughs) From food to culture to fashion to records and data and everything. Like, Like it's all music. It's crazy how much music exists.
0: I've heard crazy like millions of songs are uploaded on a day.
1: A day. A day. A day. A day. That, that Absolutely. That shit's wild. No doubt about it. Right,
0: your pen has also been moving on like you've been writing scripts and stuff, right? Or yeah. like working on some stuff. Like, yeah. what's that process like in terms of that as opposed to being like just writing a verse? Like, how it's, do you?
1: It's very different. Um, you're writing every move. You know. Yeah. You're saying, okay, uh, scene one, interior. Brooklyn studio, who yep. walks in the building, daps up Don Will, daps up Carlos, sits down. Don Will says, Fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. who looks to his left. Like everything is in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the
0: reason I ask is because, like, some of your songs are very detailed in that way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah, so yeah. I'm just wondering how hard it is to get yourself out of rapper mode and just kind of be like, just formatted in prose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or like, yeah, like yeah. I forget what the formatting is for, like screenwriting. But right. it's one of those things where, like, I, I could really see you doing it because just how how visual and detailed
1: just shit is. Thank you. General. It is difficult though. Um, it's, it's I've, I, I've hard, been right? rocking it. <laughs> you know, I took classes years ago for it because you you can never learn too much. Yeah. So I'm not gonna be like, yo, I don't need to do that. I'm nah. I've never it's, done that in my life, especially as a writer. Right. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've been a writer my whole life and. Advanced Placement English and all that and rapping and whatever. But I never wrote no screenplay or no script. But now I need to learn something. So let me yeah. kick it with some people who do this and and really get that from it. You can never stop learning, you know. So I've taken classes and things like that. It's difficult, but it's dope. I've written a bunch of scripts, and I'm, I'm continuing to develop some stuff that I'm working on. It's super dope. It's a challenge. Um, it's very rewarding when you get to a place where people read it and are like, yo, this is nuts. Like, what can we do? You right. start having those conversations about bringing the script to life. Um, but it is challenging. It is yeah. challenging.
0: And it, it honestly makes me, um, like I've written some stuff before too, like scripts. Okay. It makes me watch television differently. Like, Absolutely. Like the same way I listen to music differently. Absolutely. I watch, like when I watch TV now, like comedy stuff or like drama stuff, I'm, I'm, Thinking, I'm thinking. Uh, stage direction. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking like direction, like just in terms of like how they coach the actors. Yeah. I'm thinking like
1: how much of it was improv.
0: Exactly. Like I watched them and
1: be like, that part was probably improv. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like just knowing from the writing, like you said. Um, and and I just, you know, you kind of pick a hero and then attach yourself to them to roll. Like for me, it's David Simon, you okay. know, The Wire. Like for me, yeah, The Wire, yeah, the Wire yeah. is the greatest television series ever, and David Simon is the goat. David Simon is Mike Jordan. Like the way he writes. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Like it, it, it's wild. I don't quick, get it.
0: A, a quick detour about The Wire. Yeah. Season two was the one. Season two was the one, like I slept on that shit
1: until I rewatched it. And I'm like, oh, season two oh, yeah. was fucking crazy. Season two was needed because it explained why. It, it, it was slower. Yeah. You know, everybody was like, yo, man, it kind of, because it was slow. Because that's, you know, the mentality of us. Like, yep. you know, when I say us, meaning like, the hood. Yeah. mentality of the hood, like, yo. Yo, it was one they only had one episode where more of them banging out. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. one episode, Bodie was banging out, they let off like a hundred shots and they hit the kid in the tub. And my man, shout out to my man Scar Ogbar. My man was actually one of them in the scene who Bodie was banging out with. But Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. He a rapper from Baltimore. That's my bro. But um there was like one scene where they was going ballistic. Other than that, it was just slow. It yeah. was dialogue. But that shit was so important.
0: Was to everything that was
1: coming and everything that had already happened, it was the explanation. It was why you know, yep. and it was needed. So, yeah, that dude. I mean, pfft, that dude is on another planet. Are there any other series or shows you're currently watching right now? Um, I was a big fan of Luke Cage before they canned it. Yeah. Um, I like Stranger Things a lot. Um, the Wu series is dope. The Wu series is dope because of the story. Yep. There's so much stuff I didn't know happened. Like, yo, Ray and Ghost wanted to kill each other. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go back and listen, and Ghost is like, "Yo, shot at my mom's crib, man. My mom's been oh, word. Yeah. That's what son was talking about. You know what I mean? The, like
0: the another fun thing with the Wu is like the writing. Like they'll they'll work lyrics in, and they won't. You know, sometimes like they won't land on them in a way it's like a punchline, or they won't land right. it like as a pun. They'll just, they'll just say like like it'll be a random ass Wu
1: Tang lyric in the middle of just a dialogue right. scene. And right. that shit that shit is so much fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. The Wu series is real smooth. Um, curb, Curb, enthusiasm, yeah. man. I'm, I'm dying for one. Yeah, I mean, curb. Like Larry David over here. Oh man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, La- Larry's the king,
0: man. Larry's it. Yo, but so as a writer, like mm-hmm. your creative process. We were talking about this shit uh, off mic a little bit. You write pretty fast. Yeah, I write everything on the spot. As far as on my spot. Music. Yeah, I write everything on the spot. So, all right. So, what album? I'll, I'll say that for later. Like, how
1: long does it usually take you with a project? Like, um, it depends. You know, when I go to the lab. My goal is one song a day okay. if I'm working on a project. And if I do that and I'm inspired and the beats are there, you know, if the beat ain't there and I gotta sit there and pick through beats or make beats with the producer, that's gonna kill half the day and that's fine. Yeah. It's the creative process. But if we're talking just writing and recording, if I get one a one a day, I'm alright. So you, know you don't you don't usually you don't sift through beats at home. You do like like
0: I, I jokingly say you leave work at work. You pretty much do everything in the studio oh, no, when you're I, working I, I go stuff. through the beats at home, too. Okay, okay, but I'm okay. just saying,
1: if if for some reason I'm in the studio with whoever yeah. that we're making beats and I come in with a sample, like, yo, let's use, let's do this, we might kill like two hours doing right, that. You right, know what I right. mean? Like, And that's fine, because that's part of the process. But I'm probably not going to get a, a couple joints done that day, because we just killed some time with that. I got to go home. Nick Game about to come on. My son, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, at yeah. home, you know what I mean? So so as not, somebody that works, yeah. that works
0: that fast, um, do you, like, writer's block and stuff like that, do you have, like, do you have exercises in terms of yeah. developing and strengthening that muscle to write? Yeah, rapidly? yeah,
1: writer's block is real. Regardless of the fact that I write fast and I write on the spot, and I usually write 16 and 20, 30 minutes. You know, I write a song in about an hour, hour and a half, two verses, hook, bridge, pre-chorus, intro, whatever, whatever. Um, writer's block is real, though. I mean, any yeah. writer who tells you they don't get writer's block is lying.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's
1: like, you know, being in a slump as a shooter. You know, you could shoot 50, 40, and 90 and have a night or have a week where nothing's happening. And
0: everything everything,
1: everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. is back iron. You know what I mean? So writer's block is real, but for me, I always tell people my method to get out of writer's block is just going back to the shit that I love that inspired me. So okay. I'll just go into a rabbit hole of listening To the shit that I listened to as a kid, and when I say kid, meaning like high school or whatever, that drove me nuts, junior high, high school. You know, I'll go right back to Illmatic. I'll go right to Ready to Die. I'll go right to Liquid Swords. Only built for Cuban. I'll just start digging. I'll just start listening to all that stuff and I'll get out of my funk. You know, like, and that, it don't have to be those records for whoever's listening, it just gotta be the records that. Inspired and influenced you lyrically, right? Whatever that stuff is, you know what I mean. And after a while, you get out of that hole. But it's real; the hole is real. Yeah, it. it sometimes I fall in the hole for like a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was real.
0: I, I tend i I pull myself out personally by like, I either listen to, like, I listen to like contemporaries and peers. Like I put on your yeah, shit. I put on some Von shit. I put appreciate on respect. Like you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. mainly because it's just so, like I can. It feels different when I'm listening to somebody that I know. You know what I'm okay. saying? It, it, it doesn't feel that. like listening to somebody who I don't know. I dig that. Also, I, um, another thing I do is I, I, I walk. I walk and write a lot. That's dope. So like, cause I, you're,
1: you're finding inspiration outside. Yeah, like, I get you, that. You
0: yeah. know how you see me walking around the hood sometimes? Like I was usually in a rap if you see me walking around. That's dope. Like for the most part. That's dope. Now yeah. are you writing it in your head or you got your phone out or? I usually I write I write with my phone when I'm doing that. Yeah. Or like if I if I do I I try to do the memory exercise where I hold a couple bars in my head. Mm-hmm. But
1: I usually, forget yeah. I don't shit. see me personally. Yeah. I don't do that at all. Like I don't believe in my memory that much. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't have that much faith in my memory, so I don't even attempt. I did. To... A, I did it
0: one time for one song. Yeah. Walk,
1: walk, walk my way was the only song I ever did that shit. Wow. On. I, I wrote
0: the verse. I was driving down to Maryland. I wrote the verse in my head, and like when I got to where I was going, I recorded like a rough demo. Wow. To just remember, it, but that's, that's the awesome. only time I could ever do that
1: shit. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't have that much faith in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to think of something bananas yeah. that would continue to put me in someone's, you know, stratosphere and then I forget it. Fuck that. Nah, so I write everything in the phone.
0: Okay. So you your phone over paper at this point. I am because of the convenience. Yep. Very Strictly convenient. because of the convenience. Very con- uh-huh. I do like seeing my handwriting like the the actual feel
1: of writing and right. the, the 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 physicality of it, but Right. phone writing It's solely convenience. Yeah. You know, I used to walk around with a notebook back in Early mid 2000s, and you know you're running around, and you hear the stories of how Nas lost his book on the train, and yeah. half the <laughs> illmatic was in it, and he had to rewrite it. And, you know, whatever. But I would walk around, you know, with my book. I haven't done that since like 09, early 2010. Solely right. convenience. I can go wherever, whip out the phone, and get busy. So, how do you know when it's
0: time to like get in the album mode and actually start making an album? Like, what when is the when is that moment for you?
1: Like, yeah. like how do you figure out? Uh, for me, inspiration, being inspired. I like to drop one thing a year. Okay. Whatever it is, whether it's a solo album with different producers, whether it's a collabo album with myself and one producer, whatever it might be, mixtable, I like to drop one thing a year. No overkill, 30 things a year. No, we don't need that. Yeah, But no two-year gap, three-year gap for me personally because a good amount of my income is off of, putting oh, records out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I put a record out, that's advance money, that's record sale money, that's stream money, that's feature money, and that's touring money. Yeah. So I I like to drop at least once a year. I know it's time when you know I usually have a plan of okay, next year I'm going to drop this or whatever, whatever I'm going to drop something, but I'll just start getting ideas. Yeah. A lot of ideas and inspiration. I right, yeah, I think I'm ready to go in there and and really get this going. I'll start getting beats randomly from okay. different people. And if I done fell in love with like four beats, I'm like, man, I'm like a third of the way there. Yeah. All right, look, look, it's time. let's time. Let's get it going.
0: Like, and, and just doing the research, you've dropped 27 projects. Have I since 2004? Wow. Like like counting counting
1: mixtapes, right, EPs, right, right, right. and albums. Wow. 20, like. I'm not I told gonna, somebody the other day 15, so I shorted myself 12.
0: You did because like early early on like in, in 04 05 you were dropping like three four mixtapes mix a year. Wow, like, like the mixtape the mixtapes really bolstered it. Right, right, you know right. what I'm
1: saying? But wow, I didn't
0: realize was, that. I didn't either. It was shocking. You know There's what I'm a lot saying? Of rhymes, but man. also because when I caught you I caught you on the salvation like so like the uh, the nine day theory or uh, three day theory. Uh, uh yep the three day high yeah. the three day high my bad three day high like I missed that I, mm-hmm. I went back and caught that like and right. I didn't get any of the mixtape era shit like I pretty much just landed Started on yeah. nine yeah yeah so at that point like your your discography it was still substantial but it definitely wasn't twenty seven like I looked of course at. of course but so I have I have questions related I can't run down the whole thing that's a lot of fucking albums
1: mm-hmm. I have questions
0: related <laughs> related to each album so basically I want to know what you, what lessons you learned. On each on select projects So for, for the Salvation What did you learn About putting together A project Because the Salvation Was the one In looking at your Discography and the Chronology of it mm-hmm. um, It was the first Official release That wasn't Like the The the, or, the one with Ninth was all Ninth This was just you Putting that together That was my project. Debut album Salvation yeah, yeah. Which
1: so, by the way September 29th Is 10 years Oh shit Congratulations yeah. Yeah, man Pre-congratulations years. Appreciate it Couple days Yep it's 10 years Um Doing it by myself, they say you take your whole life to make your first album. Yeah. So it rang true. You know, a lot of ideas and stories. and I mean, there was concepts I came up with two, three years prior that I sat on. Not rhymes, because I write everything on the spot, but just concepts. You know, like I remember 2006, I got fired from my last job, the last quote-unquote job I ever had. June 2006 at Morgan Stanley, and when I got fired, I was like, yo, this gotta be a song because of what <laughs> happened the way I got fired. And um, cause my man was calling me, I was on lunch. I got fired for coming back late from lunch. And it wasn't the first time, so whatever. I guess it was the straw I broke the camel's back. And I got fired for coming back late from lunch. The reason why I was late, my man called me, wanted me to get involved with something else. Yeah. And I was turning them down. And that's why I was late. So the idea of me turning down something where there was a bunch of money potentially there to go to this job and I get fired for that,
0: I was like, this is a song. Right. You got fired for loyalty, basically. Right. Yeah.
1: And doing the right thing, choosing the right over the wrong, essentially. And I was 06. That record came out in 09 called For What It's Worth on a Salvation. Okay. So that's a concept I have for three years. You know, so. Those are the things where it says, Yo, you take your whole life to make your first album, you know? Yeah,
0: um, so from Live from the Tape Deck and Barrel Brothers, what did you learn about collaboration, like collaborative projects or working with one producer or another artist in general? Yeah,
1: it was, um, you know, f- for me, it was first of all, working with guys that I'm genuinely cool with,
0: Illmont for, for Live from the Tape Deck, right? Torre for Barrel Brothers, right? Guys yeah. who are
1: my family, yeah, you know. So, Guys, who I met through the music, and it became more than that outside of the music. Having that synergy, and knowing when you working with somebody else on a project, it's it's everything got to be agreed on. Right. You know, uh, especially with another rapper. Yeah. You know, with another producer is one thing. Me and Illmind, he as long as I like the beat, as long as he like the rhymes. But you know, with me and Toy, it was like we both gotta like the beat. We both gotta like the concept. We both gotta like the hook. Yeah. We both gotta agree on the order of who goes first and second. We both got to agree on the features, and it was fine because me and him were like brothers, so there was never a moment where there was a clash. We agreed pretty much on everything. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't like we gave in. It just was like-minded individuals. Yeah. Yo, you fuck with that beat? Yeah, that shit is dope. And if we didn't, if it was like you don't really fuck with that, it was like you don't really fuck with that either. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it, it was just synergy. It wasn't
0: a compromise in any way, no, like shape, or form. At all. It was not definitely
1: an agreement. Yeah. Not at all.
0: Um, So for in celebration of us, you put that out on First Generation Rich, Rich, your own label. Like, what did you learn about? I guess I mean because I know you were putting out stuff like mixtape stuff and like doing other stuff, kind of self-releasing. But what did you learn in that instance about a branding a project as First Generation Rich and like running your own label?
1: Yeah, going all out. You know, knowing everything is on you. Yeah, going all out. Everything in the booth, everything outside of the booth, the whole deal. And that album to me. Oh, man, you know, uh, it was very much inspired by the idea of my son, you know, okay. because when I was making the album, he was in the oven. Yeah. So the album is dedicated to him, and I, it's a, a guidebook for him as he gets older. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I looked at that album, and I talk about it in it, where it's it's a guidebook for him to go to as he gets older. So that album is about being a black man in America. That and that's about, beautiful, man. Yeah, that album's about being a black man in America. Records like... Heirlooms and Accessories and Black Sambo and Honor Amongst Thieves, where I talk about father and son relationships and me and my dad and how I grew up and all that. That album's about being a black male in America, how it was, how it is, and how it probably will continue to be. Yeah. And if he ever has questions later in life, he can always ask me and he can always press play on that. So the the, le-
0: the level of vulnerability for that, and I guess for other projects, like, mm-hmm. do you find it I guess at times difficult to come, like, like, you know, sometimes it's like you don't want to say too much. Yeah, you know,
1: with me, I'm a Capricorn. Capricorns is really quiet in a sense of, not quiet in a sense of quiet individuals, but quiet in a sense of not expressing and exposing to me. Like, we keep it- Like, pretty stoic, kind of like, yeah. We keep it to the chest, you know what I mean? Like, we, you don't know if something's up with us. We keep it to the chest. We're very secretive with our things and other people's things and trust and we keep it all to the chest. You know, we don't show too much emotion. We ain't real vulnerable. It's all good. We'll figure it out. That's the Capricorn's MO. So quiet in that sense, not quiet in the sense right. of a person. Um so that was that album was the opposite of my Capricorn nature. It's really letting a lot of things roll, you know, and it was dope. It was dope. Yeah. I loved it. I, I fucking love that album.
0: Man, that's that's I didn't know that about the album. So that's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, thank you. Uh and Lastly, from the mixtapes, like you, you, you had a, a long run of mixtapes up, yeah. and, up until up and through when you were putting out actual like retail, really commercial releases. At that point, how were you deciding what to make a mixtape versus what to make an album? Because you had Theo versus JJ, which is a mixtape. Yeah, you had um, a couple other mixtapes that were album worthy mixtapes. Thank you. You know, like like how did you parse
1: what should be what? Yeah, for me, it's when I look at the landscape of what an album should be conceptually, uh, the things I'm speaking. There's certain records I know. I wouldn't put that on a mixtape. Yeah. That's an album record. That's something I want to last or be looked at, rather, in a certain way and in a certain light. Mixtape is a little more free-flowing, a little more experimental, a little more... Sometimes you got to have those records where it's a little more... you just going for it. You yeah. don't just have a joint. We're just dumbing out. Yeah. Just go crazy. Yo, da 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 da-da-da-da-da, dumbing out. But then on the album, you'll get... Steel's apartment. You'll get dreams in the basement. You'll get black sambo. You'll get honor amongst thieves. Things that really wouldn't make sense on a mixtape. So that's really all it is: the the concept, the concepts, and you know, conceptualizing it all and um, dumbing out with some concepts versus being completely conceptual with some dumbing out in it. You know what I mean? Okay. Like if yeah. that makes sense.
0: It makes complete sense. Yeah.
1: So last question about your
0: discography: Will the Great Debater Two ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh man Is the um, TBA by that joint on Wikipedia That's why I'm asking Really? Yeah Who put that there? I don't know Wikipedia is weird man Cause like you Like it So whoever makes it, the page well,
1: and, and anybody could go in and, and edit that Yeah So not to go off course But about Wikipedia That's how Battle Brothers was born With me and Tor Really? What happened was 2009 I was on tour with Ghostface Off The Salvation So Toray came with me he was on tour with me. so we're in Indiana, I think. And some kid comes up to us. Yo, man, this guy's who I'm a big fan. Torrey. oh my God. You know, all that type of stuff. And um, he pulls out his phone. No, before he pulls his phone, he goes, yo, what's up with Barrow Brothers? I said, what is that? <laughs> me and Torre both looked at each other like, what the fuck is that? What are you talking about? He goes, yo, yo. He pulls out his phone, Blackberry, because it's 09. Yeah. Goes to my Wikipedia page. It says Barrow Brothers with Torrey coming soon. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, wow. So we both looked at each other like, yo, what is that? <laughs> the fuck is Bower Brothers? You know what I mean? Because he had just did Double barrel with Marco Polo. Yeah. So that's where the barrel part of the name came in. like, what the fuck is Bower Brothers? So we just laughed at it. It was like, yo, Duke, I don't know what that is, B. Like, I don't know. So then as the years went on, he jumped on, uh actually it was the next year, on uh, Live From the Tape Deck. We did a record, I was like, yo, we're gonna do this record. We going back and forth. He was like, word, word, he came to Ill Mind Spot. We did the record. He like, yo, what you gonna call it? I said, Barrel Brothers. <laughs> he was like, yo. He was like, you really gonna fuck with the internet like that? I was like, yeah, we gonna name this shit Barrel Brothers. <laughs> and that was it. And we named the song Barrel Brothers, and everybody was like, yo, when you gotta get a whole album. And that was that. So Wikipedia, whoever the fuck wrote that, is yeah. how that happened. Greatest unknown A&R of all time. You know Bro. what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So going back to the Great Debater, I've never been a sequel guy Okay, people have asked for the Salvation Part Two. I've never been a sequel guy. Of all my mixtapes, The Great Debater is the one that really everybody's like, "Yo, that was such a bananas mixtape." It was. It felt like an album. Thank you. And I remember when I put that together, I just wanted to make the ultimate tape. I remember going into it like, "Yo, I telling Illmind, Illmind recorded, mixed and mastered the whole shit." And um, I remember telling him, "Yo, I want to make the ultimate mixtape, bro. Like ultimate. Like you know, a lot of you had." Cushion OJ and other things like that. I, I'm trying to remember some other tapes that was around around then or before that. It, I was like, y'all want to make the ultimate mixtape where it could have been a fucking album. And that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. like
0: gr- it, that's honestly the tape that made me wonder where you draw the line at because I'm just right. like, yo, this is just out. Like, right. I I feel you because words mean things, and if you if you yeah. label and, and something
1: I, an album, it's right. viewed completely different. Absolutely, it's yeah. rated different. It's viewed different. Yep. It's held in people's hearts different, and. I think the vulnerability aspect, like you said, yeah. you know, it, that plays a factor in it. But every, great debate is the one everybody's like. But you, Yo, like, dude, the, that honestly, great the, debater. the
0: thing with great debater for me though is like, if you put a mixtape that like a mixtape that dense and that high in quality. And be like, no, this is a mixtape. But mixtape is kind
1: of like burn off in my mind. Right, like right,
0: right. If, I'm like, yo, this nigga's wild. Like, right. If this is you some know, burn off material.
1: Because <laughs> even thinking about it, while you while you asking that? You know, um, like Drake had like so far gone. Yeah. And it was all these different tapes, and it was just like, just yep. Ultimate oh, that was oh, Yeah. Cause yeah, cause I think I think yeah, that was 09, nine. Cause then his album came out 2010. So it was all those different things. Great debate it came out 2011. And I remember, Great Debate leaked. As a free mixtape, it oh, leaked. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we were supposed to drop 12 p.m. June 7th. And I woke up June 7th morning to a million tweets of people having <laughs> the tape. And I was like, how the fuck did a free mixtape leak? The streets was hungry, it's man. It's a free mixtape. How did that leak? You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, Great Debater is one that, as far as my mixtapes, people hold near and dear to their heart. Well, that was that was one of the twenty seventh. So the actual twenty seventh
0: is retropolitan at yes. this point. Let's let's get into it, man. Yeah. Like first of all, first of all, the album is um, it's amazing. It's Thank impressive. You, you know Thank what I'm saying? You, it's one of those it's one of those things where like when I heard the album was happening, I was like, Oh shit, we're right. we're, in, we're in for something. You know what I'm saying? Thank and you. it definitely delivered. Pete Rock is a he's his own genre of music. Oh yeah. In my absolutely. mind. Absolutely. You're written into the, the Pete Rock, the Pete Rock connected universe at this point. Yeah.
1: Like what? How did this even happen? Oh man! So um, Pete and I have known each other for a long time. You know, I always tell people when you get in the game, the guys you grew up on and looked up to, now they on the court with you. Yeah, it's like you you grew up and now you a rookie in the league and you rubbing shoulders with Kobe, you rubbing shoulders with Bron and Melo, and you like, oh shit! Like, what? Oh shit! It's yeah. you! It's you! <laughs> and they yeah. Uh, Lace him up, Shorty, let's go. Right. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what it was like. 06, 07, oh seven, oh eight. I'm just getting in, my feet getting wet. And now you at events and you running into this guy and that guy and this one and this one. And Pete was one of those just coming across and showing love. And Pete was hip. Like, yo, yo, I see what you're doing, money. Like you're getting busy. Keep doing your thing. You're getting busy. Yo, let me know. Yo, take my number. That type of thing. So we was cool on that level and there was a mutual respect. Obviously, I grew up on him and it was a fan. Yeah. And, you know, he was a supporter and a fan and Loved what I was doing with the pen. And we had always talked about working. And he had sent beats, and you know, we would talk and discuss and mess around or whatever, but we didn't have a chance to really put anything out. Fast forward to now, uh, the label that put the album out, Mellow Music Group. Shout yeah. out to Mellow. Absolutely. A- amazing label. Yeah, yeah, I loved him, man. So it was Mike at Mellow Music Group. It was his idea. I like to go album, like solo album, collabo. Solo album, producer album, you know what I mean, like back and forth. I never go two solos back to back. So um, Mike was like, "Yo, you know, you just did Celebration of Us. Get this next joint. What you thinking?" I'm like, "Yo, definitely a producer album." He was like, "Yo, what what you think of Pete?" I was like, "Absolutely. I never thought about it like that, but absolutely, (laughs) no doubt about it. That would be amazing." And um, we hit Pete, and Pete was all the way with it. He was like, "Absolutely, we overdue." Pete started texting me, like, yo, we about to do this album, you ready? I'm like, Yeah, let's get it. And he start you know, pulling beats and he was like, Yo, come to the crib, I got folders ready for you, whatever, whatever. Man. And that was man, it. I, I know it's not in
0: your nature to show much in terms of just being like, like, you know, like being kind of stoic and like you said, oh, I was dumbing out. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, like, I was you, dumbing out. There had to be moments where you just like it's fucking
1: Pete. My excitement, I was dumbing Wild. out I already knew Pete, so it wasn't like Yeah, yeah, oh my God, but it still was yeah. oh my god, like yo, this is happening, right? And then going to the crib and him pressing play. It turns into wanting everything yeah like going to toys r us and wanting everything <laughs> so like you know like can we do a 60 song album like you want every beat that he plays you know what, what I
0: mean? was what was the reduction pro like how did you even pick i'm, I'm sure that everything
1: yeah. he played was just like everything fuck, everything fuck. was nuts
0: um was there I, was there some of him to be like you should rhyme over this like or was it like no you just it everything? was all me it okay
1: was, word he just played stuff it was like whatever you thinking. Take it. Mad I would've... It. Whatever, whatever I'm the, I would've playing. would took the MPC. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I, I got, you know, I still got a volume them on, on my flash drive and my computer, but I think I took like maybe 50 or okay. 40 and then chopped them down and chop them down. And just, so you start breaking them down because now you got all these beats, but now you're thinking about the story. right. And right. you're like, this beat is crazy, but does it tell the same story as this beat? It doesn't. Which story am I leaning more towards? I'm leaning yeah. more towards this one. So this beat is nuts. But it doesn't match with this because for me, it's about cohesion. Everything yeah. got to be cohesive, you know what I mean? And,
0: and sometimes two beats will do the same thing in different yeah. ways. So yeah. you can, like, got to pick pick the
1: I mess mean, of evils or whatever. I, I took stuff that was like, it had more like a West Coast feel and just different things that Pete does and that he's capable yeah. of doing. And it's like, this is crazy, but it doesn't match with this. So I'm not going to force that. I'm going to tell a certain story, you know? So that was how that came about. And you're chopping beats down. And then when you're in the studio recording, He's bringing in more beats. He's loading up disk, you know, on the MP <laughs> looking for a beat like okay, the so and so beat, that's the one we're going to do. So he's looking for the files and in the process, he comes across another beat on the same disk. And you're like, "Yo, yo, what's that?" Hold on, "Hold on, what's that?" Yeah. You know, I'm looking for the song, so and so beat. Yeah, I know, but what's that one that you just <laughs> played? Oh, that's such a so You want th- Yeah, yeah, let me get that. Let me get that. And that's how like Homegrown was born like that. One time was born like that. Those was like accidents. Those was accidents. You know so what I mean? Like, what was, um, what was the first joint, I guess, that you recorded? First one we recorded was Richie. Okay. Yeah. First joint we recorded. Um, conceptually, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a few concepts in mind. I said, I want to do a record called 10 Days and a record called Richie. And they go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. And 10 Days is Rich Porter talking to AZ. Richie is AZ speaking back to Rich Porter. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, that was the conversation. So I knew I wanted to do that. I needed a certain type of beat. And when I heard the beat that became Richie, I was like, "This is Richie right here." Yeah. It felt like a story. It was hard. It was dark. It was gritty. It had pain in it with the sample. The uh, I was like, "That's Richie. That's the beat." You know. Yeah.
0: And what was the uh the the one the last one for the record? Like which, which was the last? Last one? record was carried the tradition with Styles P. Okay. Yeah. And better question than all of these questions, if you could go back in time and take any Pete Rock beat from anywhere, the world anybody, is yours. you would take The World of Yours? The World is Yours, is yours
1: 100%. <laughs> to yeah. me, The World of Yours is the greatest beat of all time. And I've had discussions with people about it. I threw that shit on Twitter like seven years ago. I say it at every show, even before the Pete album existed. Um, the World of Yours is the greatest beat ever. I always say, if you had to describe hip-hop to someone from another planet, Ah, yeah, okay. And someone said, "What is hip hop? When what is that? We heard your name. What is that? You play that record, the and that beat, the rhymes, the whole deal." I was gonna say, "I was gonna say solely the beat, but the beat and rhymes
0: like yeah, that. That yeah. it is. A, it's a pretty perfect record. To like, me, it's
1: the greatest song in hip hop history. The even if you want to debate the song, the greatest beat in hip hop history, no doubt about it. Look, I'm I'm not gonna argue with you about that shit. That it's,
0: it's pretty impressive. Yeah.
1: Um, of all
0: the songs on the album, which one was the most difficult to write for you? And I mean, not in terms of just like." In terms of like the actual writing of the rhymes but right. like you know, like which one gave you the most difficulty,
1: I guess. Let me see. Um, I don't know if I would say difficulty, but I spent the most time on it was uh one that counts. time. That's One time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one time was time. What was, what the was most it about time. what was it? Where I wanted to go. Cause it's like the way I write, it's like a painting and you got a blank canvas and you know what you want to do. You see the painting in your head. And now you just gotta bring it to life. Yeah. So it's the colors and the strokes and the brushes and the this and the that. And you see it in your head. You're like, y'all know exactly what this painting gonna look like. But you gotta bring it to life. And on one time, I wanted it to be so specific because of the way the beat felt. You know, the, that beat. I mean, it's one of my favorite records on the album. Just how melodic it is and the, the bounce of it, the way it feels, the way it rides. Pause, and you know, it just made so much sense. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, we pause everything. Yeah, so, you like. know, um, just the whole vibe of it, it made so much sense, and I had to compliment that a certain way, and I knew the way I wanted to approach it. Right. So I just had to bring that to life a certain way. And the second verse, the one time we was being followed by 12, quote, and ready to die, so we was probably 12. Boys pulled us over like we had product to sell. A week later, my man was popping with krills. He said, if they already assume I'm trying to deal, then why not though? Custy said, I I had 116s written by how my block go. At 16, I needed room, so I forgot those. Like all those yeah. places I wanted to go, you know, I had to really sit and vibe. I remember just sitting there for like 30 minutes, just listening after the first verse was written, just letting the beat ride for 30, 40 minutes, just sitting there. And Pete being you know, like, yo, yo, you good? Yeah, I'm good. And just sitting there before one line for the second verse because I just wanted to mentally go to a certain place and right. emotionally go to a certain place. <laughs> and I just thought about these times and these things that happened in my life. Like that really happened, you know what I mean? Like that story, 12 years old and with listening to Biggie, you know I grew up on Biggie Block and so of course we was listening to that. In 94 I was 12, so of course that's what was going on. I just had to go there to a certain place. So I needed a minute yeah, to kind of morph into that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and. As far as the title goes, "Retropolitan" it's, it's a yeah. pretty
1: cool, pretty cool
0: story behind the title. Uh, yeah, how far into the process did you come up with the title, and like just tell the story about the title?
1: Yeah, it was a couple days in. Um, so the title came from my people's. They got a clothing line called De Las Flores, based out of LES, uh, upstart clothing brand they like got really dope. Brand. They got really dope shit. Yeah, yeah. super dope. Uh, my homie Wandy and all of them, and they gave me a hoodie about a year ago. First, you know, we did a little uh, like photo shoot, modeling campaign or whatever, and the Hoodie just said Retropolitan on it. And I kind of didn't think twice about it. I thought it was dope. I was like, oh, that's dope. Rocked it, took flicks, cool. Fast forward almost a year later or whatever, I'm working on the album and I'm big on titles. Song titles, album titles. I come up with all the song titles before I write one record. Oh wow. That's kind of like my process. That's, that's dope, yeah. So I'll just sit there and just uh, think of
0: titles. I think Gangstar Dish did that too. Oh really? I'm pretty sure. Um uh, there's some other I'm pretty sure it's Gangstar. They okay. like or Guru would write out the, the song titles first.
1: Yeah. I write out yeah. all the song titles for however long before I start working. If I'm in album mode, I'll just start thinking of titles. I'll see something in the street, I'll see something on TV, I'll be reading a book, all these different things inspired different thoughts. So I have all these titles out, but for the album title, I was drawing a blank. You know, I wanted to be New York and everything we was doing, I was drawing a blank. And I looked down and I had the hoodie on and it said "Retropolitan," and I was like, yo, that's it. And I hit them up and I was like, yo, listen, is this cool? And they was like, Absolutely. You and Pete, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. And that was it. You know, and, and I, I told him we was in a session and he dumbed out. He was like, Yo, that's bananas, bro. Yeah. That's amazing. That shit is crazy. And I was like, retropolitan, because it's, you know, retro throwing it back but keeping it forward. And then Metropolitan and so, you know, shout to De Las Flores, they, they, they hit that home run with that.
0: Yeah, because the album actually, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's no mistake that the album title fits perfectly with the album. But right. the album, like, the themes of gentrification and the themes of just like right. being like the your relationship to the city is like such a prominent theme on the album. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, thank so, you. <clears throat> just the title itself. If I hadn't heard the album before, I, I kind of know what I'm getting into. Right, you know just off saying? the rip, just yeah, off yeah. the title and the colors and all that.
1: Uh, I get it, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: So speaking of that, I'm gonna now this is the part of the show where I quote your lyrics to you. Okay. I'm gonna try not to fuck up your cadences and your flows, you know, what I'm <laughs> Well you you just gotta read it. You know what I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it. it because like again, like uh, I've been sitting with the album and I don't I don't know the songs, you know. I don't I don't know the the verses. Right, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Truck Jewels, which by the way has the Pete Rock verse on there. Yeah. My nigga, you got a Pete verse. Yeah. Come on,
1: man. I I told him day one, day one in the session, I said, yo, you know you got a rhyme on the album, right? We were
0: having this conversation. He's one of my favorite rapper producers of all time. Yeah. Like, of all time. He's definitely up there. Like, the way producers fucking get in that pocket. Yeah. All right, so Truck Jewels. Word to what y'all knew now, over top, where a loop around. Like loop, move, over top, new now, meaning I'm up over top of your crown. When being under was the obvious route, I played detour. Caught lane like nobody now and nobody before. Dissertated the corners they planted them keys
1: on. Fuck that mm-hmm. up. The key being
0: is more than just what <laughs> they, they lead on. And a pair In of a p-
1: sneakers that Tinker had you street on. Yeah,
0: cement threes, I mp the entries of whoever had a way. You love it like Hathaway. Uh-huh. So that verse. um, Just... The, the, the quality and consistency of your releases. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you talk about just being, like, you carved this lane that nobody had then or before. Like, in your mind, I know you probably didn't, you weren't, because you didn't even really, like, realize that you had 27 releases. You know what I'm saying? So you probably weren't thinking about consistency or quality. But <laughs> just speak a little bit about how the, the, the ideology of not wanting to go a year without a project or not wanting to, you know, or, like, knowing that you want to do a solo and then you want to do, like, a producer project and the so like, you kind of have... Mm-hmm. You have your thing figured
1: out to as as a science almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you? Um, The business end, yeah. Knowing you got to stay relevant, you got to stay in these people's minds. Now I'm not the type. I don't believe in the whole dropping 30 projects a year shit. You know what I mean? That shit is weird. But because you're just giving away mad rhymes, you know what I mean? And like people, you, you know, people gonna listen. It's gonna fall on deaf ears. It's too much, you know, whatever. But. I don't believe in once every three, four years either if you're trying to be a consistent, relevant artist. Now, if you do it once in a while because you got a bunch of other things going on, that's different. Right. But if your thing is you're an artist and you tour and you sell records and you promote and you pump music out and you're moving around, you got to do one a year. You yeah. know, that's just me personally. <laughs> so the business end is definitely making sure because I, like I said earlier, I know albums coming out, that means advance check from late from the distributor. That means sales in a couple months. That means streaming. That means people going to want features. And that means going on tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bong, like, bong. Straight <laughs> up and down, you know? All right, next joint, Homegrown. Mm-hmm. I still
0: never had to go and find a PO, but my brother does. Commissary Honey Buns, trying to keep 250 with him on the up and up. No one is still Bill and Russell when it come to us. Yeah. And what it was turns into what it be now. All of, all all of what you, you become, become was given from what you be now. He said, Scott, I was looking to get a lead out. Trying to get this run before I kick it like a like it was three down. I said, I'm trying to stop the get outs from playing keep out. That's a Both of us was talking about how we could put a knee down. His for the score, mine's for the cause, live it for it all, a line from the door, word to the new Jim Crow and how parole go, and word to all the above seeming homegrown. Yeah. I, I, I stepped up my floor a little bit on that <laughs> <laughs> one. Oh, but uh, just with that, like, you know, just your relationship to your brother, yeah. Y'all taking these
1: divergent paths, but still having the same goal in mind. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like absolutely. I mean, you, you got it, you know, my my little brother. I got two younger brothers, uh, but that one, uh, my younger brother, Stephon, he in the joint right now. Um, you know, in and out the joint, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. his 10th bid, you know what I mean? In and Th- out the kinda joint. That's kind of how they design it, though. Right. They design you know it so I mean? when you come, it's a revolving door. Yeah, you know? it's like his 10th yeah. joint, you know what I mean? In and out, and he's Probably called at some point while I've been in here. he calls me every <laughs> single day, um, which is love, you know what I mean? And um, holding him down, Bill and Russell, Fat Albert, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I grew up huge Fat Albert head to the point where I got my son on Fat Albert now. But um, Oh, shit, word. Oh, yeah, all the DVDs. I grew up a huge Fat Albert head. But um, Bill and Russell, you know, everywhere I went, I had to take my brother. You know what I yeah. mean? Everywhere. How, how much younger is he? He's seven years younger. Okay. So he's 30. And yeah. um, everywhere I went. You know, lead the crib. All right, I'm going outside. Skylar, take your brother. Come on. I want Take your brother. <laughs> and that's it. You know what I mean? All right, come on, Steph. So I'm 14. He's seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? He saw a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm running around doing whatever as a 14-year-old thinking I'm 20 when I'm only 14. He's seven. And he's trying to, he's looking up to you like you're the Absolutely. coolest Absolutely. shit on earth. So he's Absolutely. trying to, like, beat, like, man up a little he's bit. He's attached. You know yeah. what I mean? He's attached at the hip. Basketball court, stoops corner, dice game, poppy, credit at the corner store, you know what I mean, like, he was attached, he was there. So, you know, he on his joint right now, and, you know, like I said, like, I never, I never been arrested, thank God. You know, I've had runners with the police, like I talked about on other records. I've never been in the back of a cop car, I've said that on records before. I don't front and put on some jail persona, but I know all about that through my peoples, through my yeah. family, through best friends. I know all about that, you know what I mean? So that's so why I said I, I still never had to go and find a PO, a parole officer, you know what I'm saying? But my brother does, Commissary Honey Bonds. Like, I'm the one loading up his commissary every couple weeks. I'm the one he's yeah. blowing up the phone on, because my parents is like, yo, yeah, yeah, we good, but yo, this is like his 10th time. Like, you know, as parents, you would be like, yo, listen, B, like, figure this out. So my parents are still rocking with him, of course, but I'm the one. Right. Holding them down. It's me and some chick. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. holding them down. So yeah. It's it's
0: you still still holding I'm his still hand, you know what I'm saying? Br- exactly. And you'll never not big be big brother, brother. Even if even Hold if he was in the free brother. world walking around, you'd be big brother. You know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. So it's dope that you maintain that relationship. Yeah. And I, you name check the new Jim Crow. Are you reading any any other books, oh, or yeah, yeah, any yeah, books yeah. you're checking out right now?
1: Everything Tana Coast does. He got a new joint. I know. Yeah. the the, the water dancer. It's, it's a novel though. It's a yeah. novel this time, but I'm checking out slave and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With magical powers and all that. Um, so I got to get that. I think it dropped yesterday. I got to get that. Uh, Fred Hampton's book. I've been reading that crazy. They making a movie about him. Yes. Yeah. They got Duke from Get Out playing him. Yes. Who doesn't look anything like him. Yes. But I'm trying to get over that. And, but it's and, cool. And the homie, uh, my
0: my my guy Shaka, a, a friend of mine, is actually directing it. Oh, word. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's 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 gonna. He uh, did a lot. He did a lot of stuff for Random Acts of Flyness too.
1: Oh word, that's dope!
0: It's gonna be, it's gonna be really fucking dope. wild. It's gonna be. Good, yeah, yeah,
1: Duke is a good actor. Yeah, I was just like, got him. Stansfield. yeah, he don't look like he don't. Is look it like him? Like... I thought it was Duke. Um, oh, the um, it's the paper lead. boy. Paper boy. It's the nah, it's son from the Dawson kid from. Oh get shit, out. you did say Get Out, Daniel? Uh, yeah, Duke yeah, from okay. Ovis from London. Yeah, he's supposed to be playing him. That's weird. Yeah, okay, I was yeah. like, Action Man. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, Yo, Duke don't really look like him, but nah, other no. than that, he's a great actor, so that should be dope. Um, the Lamar Odom book is crazy. Lamar Odom would, Oden would Oden book is. Is crazy. It's very entertaining. The Lamar Odom book is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. And I was like, then Sun Life was for real. I'm gonna check it out. Good and bad. Sun yeah. Life. He lived, and then he lived. You know what I mean? yeah. But yeah. <laughs> he had some real cool moments, boy. His book is crazy. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's worth it. All right, last last one from
0: one time pay me no never mind i just stayed in the design till they was trying to trace me or pay me to oblige whole fist in the air not a shade was a mirage and true to what you would hear i decorated the garage and more be- i'm more belafonte when it comes to the front line but still dressed in mortgage money like what else you want from me except when they call them for me they took in out of the- they took in out of towners but okay, couldn't take, take the corner from, from me. me. Yep. I took it to a five-bedroom mini mansion in the cul-de-sac, prestigious subdivision. I brought my son to subdivision. I brought my son to that. Did it off of inspiring. Who ain't cut from that? Says a lot about you if you can't fuck with that. Yeah. So with that, you you speak a lot about just gentrification and how people try to like deny you access to what you were more or less born into. Mm-hmm. And like you said a little bit about it earlier on, because in, in Queens it was like a home ownership, and in Brooklyn it was just renting. You're right. Um. What's it like to see pretty much your blocks and your home and like your neighborhood just evaporate in it front hurts, of you? It hurts, man. Not, not even necessarily in terms of like just like new buildings and developments, but just literally the same buildings and the
1: same blocks you were on just yeah. now it's... It hurts, man. It hurts. I take it very personal. Yeah, I don't I... know why, but I, I take it extremely personally. Gentrification and culture vulture, I take as if you spit in my face. I take it very, very personally probably more so than I should, you know what I mean? I I take it so personal, man, like, I be wanting to rip people's heads off when it come to that because it's just, yo, this is ours, man, like, this is ours, you know what I mean? Yeah. How dare you look at me like I don't belong here when I was here when y'all didn't want to be here? I remember being in school and, you know, you young, you messing around with little girls or whatever and being in junior high, yo, come to my block, come to my house, and they find out where you live. I ain't going over there. My mother said I can't go over there. You know what I mean? like, Because they lived in Park Slope and I lived on St. James. Like, I I can't go over there. My mother said, I couldn't go over there. You know what I mean? I'm not allowed. You got to come to Park Slope. You know, like, and now them same chicks with their mothers and and, and grandmothers and fuck live in the hood. I'm like, yo, I was trying to strip you down 20 years ago over (laughs) here. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so how dare that be the narrative of these same people looking at you like you don't belong? Or when you walking down the street and you cross paths and they walking their little dog And you nod and say hello and they ignore you because they looking at it like you're not going to be here in two years anyway. You're about to get priced out anyway, so I don't got to acknowledge you yet. I just got to tolerate you. How dare you charge me $8 for a chopped cheese? What? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) are you crazy? (laughs) I used to be able to get a butter roll and coffee for a dollar together. You know what I'm saying? Like, how dare you? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, so it's just, you know, I hate it, man. I I really, really. It's not. Let me me be clear, because. When I speak on it and when people like Spike speak on it, they take it the wrong way. It's not about people coming into the neighborhood. That's fine. Come into the neighborhood, enjoy the neighborhood, whether you look like us or not, enjoy the neighborhood. It's a reason why we love this place, regardless of what it is. A reason why we live through what we live through, the block parties, the culture, the vibe, the people, the uniformity. Everyone being in union and, and, and being in touch with one another there's a reason why this place is so great. Come on and enjoy it, but don't push us out in the process. Absolutely. And don't look at us like we don't belong in the process. We get along with one another, whether you look like me or not, and that's great. But don't push us out like we don't belong here. And that's what it comes down to. And don't tell me what's my neighborhood when you wasn't here. You know what I mean? You <laughs> got here last year. I've been here for 30 something years. Like, nah, I, don't, I, I can't do it. So. You know, it's, it's it's things like that, man. It's you know, I, I hate every bit of it. I hate Brooklyn starting to look like midtown Manhattan as it, far as high rises.
0: it's it's like it's like it's like Manhattan, mini Manhattan. At this Absolutely. Point. Like when you drive Absolutely. when you're
1: going down that Fulton corridor, it just feels the high like High rises Manhattan. and the doormans, yo, that's that's for fifty fourth Street. Yeah. That's for sixty third and park. That's not for Washington and in Fulton, that's not for Gates, that's not for Green, that's not you know, it's not for Broadway, it's not for you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean like, it, and
0: I I couldn't think of a better way to sum things up at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, the album Retropolitan is in stores right now. Right where can now. we find you at online and where can we find out more about Sky Zoo? Oh
1: man, online, um, Instagram, at Sky Zoo, the writer. Uh, Twitter, at Sky Uh I'm out, you know, I'm out here and, and if you hit me on social media, it's me hitting you back. Yeah. I manage myself, I run my own career, I do everything myself. So aside from creating the music, I'm also the spearhead of the business end. So I'm juggling and all First that. Generation Rich. Believe it, FGR, man. So you know, I'm 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 very easy to get in touch with and get in contact with. Um, that's where you find me in Retropolitan out right now, fully produced by the icon Pete Rock. Iconic legend. Ain't too yeah. many people who could say they got a whole album with Pete, you know, and, and it means a lot. And
0: if you enjoy Retropolitan, there's twenty six other albums to get Jesus into. Christ, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yo, you dropped a jewel on me. I ain't even (laughs) realize that. And I wrote all them records. I ain't even realize That's a lot of rhymes, man. You been working, man. My man. Yo, my name is Don Will. You checking out Book of Rhymes if you want to find
0: me. I'm right here. Or Google me. I don't know. We out.
1: (laughs) In the air and love within the O's. My man be sending prayers up for the giving to go. He said he'd pull a chip and blow a kiss to the stove. Mwah. all love like splitting this hero with you. Or when they talk slugs to see if there's hero in you. I'm here to talk us to see if it's beneficial. And it's really all love if you bring us some hennies but you, right? Cause God bless with the hennies he made clearer. Sitting in your chest while you sit out the day with us.